So I want to share with you some wonderful proofs from the world of science that the Bible is indeed the Word of God. You know, I've always been interested in science. Uh, it led me to study mathematics at Oxford University. And that's where I came to faith in Christ. And uh, I began my study of the Bible in depth there. And over the years, the more that I've studied the Bible, my faith in it as the Word of God has got stronger and stronger because it's proved itself to me again and again. And one area of proof is its scientific accuracy. Although it's not written as a scientific textbook, it does contain many statements about God's creation and, and how it operates. And uh, many, of this, uh, many of these statements in the Bible involve knowledge and understanding far beyond the science of the time of the writer. And I found again that modern science has verified its accuracy. Well, the scientific statements in the Bible are, are testable and they've shown themselves to be correct and ahead of the time. And when understood correctly, these, there are no in, incorrect scientific errors um, or statements in the Bible. There's no scientific errors in the Bible. And this can only be true if it is the Word of God, because God knows how he made the universe and how it works. And so that's one of the signs that it's the Word of God, it's scientific accuracy, because when it was written thousands of years ago, before the era of modern science, only God could have had that kind of knowledge. Now, I, I realize these are big claims, and it's my aim in these uh, documentaries to systematically back this claim up in detail. The first section we're going to look at is astronomy and the cosmology. And, and the first claim is this, and I call it the immensity of space. That, uh, for instance, in Deuteronomy 10.14 says, Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that's in it. Job 22.12 says, Is not God in the height of heaven? And see the highest stars, how lofty they are. Uh, the limits of the universe are beyond our ability to discover. God says to Job in Job 7:11, "Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than heaven. What can you do?" And here is indications in the Bible that the universe is immense. Now this differs from the pagan view of the time of a relatively small universe covered by a metal vaulted dome on which the, the sun, moon and stars were attached. And the biblical statements, however, on the immensity of the universe prove that the Bible does not hold to this heathen view, although some critics like to say that. No, the Bible says actually that the heavens are immense beyond man's ability to, to measure them. Isaiah 55, 9 is the classic here. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, says God, higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now this is an infinite difference, not just a small difference, an infinite difference between man and God. Uh, anything created must be finite. Only God is infinite. And, and so, although we can mathematically conceive of infinities, yet their actual existence in this world actually creates paradoxes. So only God is infinite. Uh, the finite size of the universe is, is confirmed by observations that the universe has been expanded from a smaller size in the past. But the question is this for God. How does the infinite God 
reveal himself to man through his finite creation? How does he give us the, the, the revelation of his infinity? Uh, when he uses a finite creation, as Romans 1 talks about, that, that what is true about God is evident in his creation. He, the answer is simply this. He must make it so large that for, our, for all our purposes, it is practically infinite. It seems to be that way to us. So in other words, we cannot measure its limits. We cannot measure the number of stars. And the energy processes in the heavens must be so great that they defy our imagination. See, God uses this physical creation to teach us about spiritual things, such as himself. It's made to reflect his glory, so that he can make comparisons, you see, between this universe and himself. As he says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. That's a, an analogy, a comparison. He made the universe, you see, to teach us about himself. He made it immense. He made it powerful to reveal his immensity and his power. And so this is actually an amazing statement. It compares the heights of the heavens, you see, to the infinite difference between us and God. So for all practical purposes, the heavens are infinite. That is, they're so big that as far as we can tell, you know, there, there's no limit to them. It's a prediction actually here that we can never reach or measure the limits of space. It's bigger than our ability to measure or even imagine, creating the impression of infinity, and that communicates something about God to us. Jeremiah 31, 37 says, Thus says the Lord, if heaven above can be measured, and the implication is it can't be by man, and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, then I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, says the Lord. And then Psalm 91 says, Truly, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You see, his wisdom, his power, his greatness, his immensity is beyond our ability to imagine, to measure. It's infinite. That's why it says in Ephesians, now to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power working in us. You see, we, that's the kind of God we have and he's revealed that in his universe. So the Bible predicts the immensity of space and that's exactly what we have discovered through modern science. You see, if God made the universe big but measurable, we might get the, God, the wrong idea that God, yes, he's big, but he's finite, he's limited. That he's a bit like us, only greater, rather than him being totally above us, incomparable, unique, infinite, unlimited. We would get a false idea about God, you see. And so he needed the universe to be so big that it appears infinite to us. And only this way does it reflect his glory and create the right impression about himself. And he's done an amazing job about that. So as Isaiah says, the gap between us and God, the infinite gap, is, is like the heavens are above the earth. This tells us that the universe must be immense, uh, practically infinite. And so to communicate this essential truth of his immeasurable greatness to all generations of man, he had to do it not just to that generation, but all generations, including our generation, which has powerful telescopes. He had to make the universe immeasurably big. Then he could use this analogy, otherwise it would, would not be true. And so this statement predicts the universe is so large that man cannot measure its limits for, 
To man, it's infinite to all appearances. Is this claim confirmed? Well, yes, it is. The size of the universe is beyond our imagination, and that is a discovery of very recent times. It's so big, we have to use the fastest thing there is. That's the speed of light, uh, which is about um, 300,000 kilometers per second. We have to use that to measure the distances. That's the top speed. Nothing can go faster. But even this is relatively slow compared to the distances to be traveled. See, a light year is the basic measurement, and that's how far light goes in a year. And although that's a massive distance, it's, it's not, it, for the size of the heavens, it's still too small. As we travel through the universe briefly, just imagine we're going to hitch a ride on a light beam. Now, our neighbor, the moon, is 250,000 miles away, but you would only take about a second to get there. So we're really moving fast. The sun is 93 million miles away, and light, we would take eight minutes to get to the sun. The sun, of course, has to be so far away, we'd all be burnt up if we were much closer. Then if we were going to travel onto the nearest star, Alpha Centauri, that's four light years away. But that is nothing. Our Milky Way galaxy is 120,000 light years across with over 100 billion stars. So it would take us 120,000 years riding the light beam to, to cross our galaxy. Then the nearest big galaxy to our Milky Way is the Andromeda Galaxy, and that's two million light years away. And there are hundreds of billions of galaxies, each with hundreds of billions of stars. And the most distant galaxies we now see are 10 or 12 billion light years away. And the universe could still be way bigger still. It's impossible for us to measure it. So here's the first claim of the Bible that's proved itself to be true the immensity of the universe. The second claim of the Bible on this lines is that the number of the stars is beyond man's ability to count them. Jeremiah 33 says, as the host of the heaven cannot be numbered, nor the sand of the sea measured, so I'll multiply the descendants of David my servant. And God said to Abraham, look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you're able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. Now, this is an impressive claim here in Jeremiah, because this is falsifiable. Indeed, before telescopes were invented in 1608, it was manifestly false, it seemed that way, because you can easily number the stars with the naked eye, um, that are visible to the naked eye at any time, and it's, it's about a thousand stars that you could count. Maybe from all the different places on the planet, you might be able to count up to 3,000. So the scholars before Galileo believed that the stars could be counted. And whenever they did, like Ptolemy did, um, the Egyptian astronomer, he listed the names of 1,028 stars. And uh, they believed that it was a very limited number, maybe 3,000. But thousands of years before the telescope was invented, the Bible claimed that it was not possible for man to count all the stars. Now, that's an amazing prediction, and a surprising one. Now, this doesn't say that the number of stars is actually infinite or uncountable. Indeed, they're compared to the number of grains on the sand of Earth's seashores. But it does say that the number is so great that it is beyond man's ability to count them all. Only God can number the stars, not man. But this would have seemed untrue to, the, to men when this was said. 
Notice it says in Isaiah, lift up your eyes on high and see who's created these things, who brings out their host by number. He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. So God can count the stars, but the point is there are too many for man to count. Um, notice this predicts that the stars are immensely powerful fireballs. He says he calls them by name and he calls them into existence and they have greatness by the greatness of his might, the strength of his power. And this, this isn't obvious again because to us they just look like points of light in the distance, but actually they're immensely powerful balls of energy, uh, nuclear reactors on a massive scale. And uh, we found out, of course, now that they're like the sun but they only appear points of light because they're so far away. Psalm 147 says, he counts the number of the stars, he calls them all by name. So God knows the stars, but they are so numerous, the Bible claims, that man cannot. And this was confirmed, of course, in recent times. Telescopes getting more and more powerful um, have shown this. Every time they make a better telescope, uh, new vistas of, of stars are opened up to us. Uh, the universe keeps getting bigger and telescopes show that stars are grouped together in galaxies like our Milky Way. Each has hundreds of billions of stars and there are as many galaxies as there are stars in the universe, 100 billion at least and many more probably. Each time new galaxies open up, every time there's a better telescope, there are intergalactic stars as well and astronomers um, uh, seem think that there's probably 10 to the power of 25 stars uh, in the universe as, as an estimation and of course we do not know exactly. There are, uh, if, if, if we just counted the stars in our own galaxy, 100 billion, and we counted one star a second, it would take us 3,000 years just to count these ones. And then we'd have to do that a hundred billion times for all the different galaxies. So they are indeed uncountable. But the Bible makes an even more impressive prediction that the number of stars is the same order of magnitude as the number of grains on the seashore. In other words, it's not infinite, but it's, it's an enormous number. Uh, let's see that in Genesis 22. God says, blessing I'll bless you, multiplying I'll multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand on the seashore, the two are compared, you see. Hebrews 11:12 says, Therefore from one man were born as many as the stars of the sky and in multitude, innumerable or uncountable as the sand by the seashore. Now, that's a, a divine revelation that there are myriads of stars. That is not observable from the human by the naked eye. But it is a true scientific statement that's been proved in recent times. Not only that, but the number of stars on the, the seashores of Earth is about the same number, 10 to the 25, as the estimated stars in the universe. So that also is an amazingly accurate statement. This is information that only God could have at the time that the Bible was written. Not only are the stars innumerable, but the Bible also claims that they're all different, and God gives them all their own name. It says he counts the number of the stars, he calls them all by name. And Corinthians 15 says, there is another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another in glory. And, and glory is not just brightness, but it's the quality of the light that's coming from them. And modern science has shown this to be true. There are great differences in the absolute brightness in the spectra, 
in the nature of the different stars. So even though there are so many of them, not one is the same as the other. They're all unique. And, and this is not obvious to the naked eye because all stars look much the same to the naked eye, just points of white light, except for differing brightnesses. And that can be explained by different distances away from the Earth. So, uh, and even through a telescope, they just look like points of light. Uh, much the same as each other. So again, this is an accurate statement ahead of its time. Now, we go on to the next claim now that the universe has been expanding, uh, the expansion of the universe, not just things moving away from each other, but that space itself is expanding. That's an amazing statement that's been proven true. The Bible says many times that God has stretched out the heavens it is, he hasn't just caused the stars to move away from each other, but he's stretched out the very fabric of the space itself. Isaiah says, thus says the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out. Notice he created them first and then he stretched them out. He, uh, Psalm 104, he stretched out the heavens like a curtain. Uh, Isaiah 40 says, he sits above the circle of the earth its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. I, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone. I've made the earth and created man on it. I, my hand, stretched out the heavens and all their hosts I have commanded. The Lord your maker who stretched out the heavens. He has made the earth by his power. He's established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens at his discretion. He has stretched out the heaven by his understanding. Thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens. Biblically, this work that God did in stretching out the heavens had to be done as part of his work of creation in, in Genesis 1-1 or, or during the creation week. This is work that he put into this system that increased its total energy and, and so he's no longer doing that now. Uh, in the Bible it's linked to creation. We saw in Isaiah, thus says the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, you see. So the Bible says as part of his work of creation, God created space and then he rapidly stretched it out. And this is observable today because when we look through telescopes, we are looking back in time because light takes that time to reach us. So we're looking very often back into what happened in, in the time of creation and what we are seeing is that stretching out of the heavens that God did. Uh, so it's observable today. We see the light coming from the stars because of this stretching effect from creation week. And uh, this, the, the expansion that we observe today is that expansion that happened in creation week. And we see it because the light from the stars, the spectra of their light has been redshifted. And that's due to the expansion of space and, um, and so forth. Now, the Hebrew word for heavens is shayamin a plural word meaning heights or elevations. The Bible talks about three heavens. 2 Corinthians um, 12 talks, Paul says he went to the third heaven or the heaven of heavens. So the first heaven is the sky or the atmospheric heaven. The second heaven is outer space uh, in where the stars are and the third heaven is where uh, the throne of God is, the New Jerusalem is. Nehemiah 9.6 says, You alone are the Lord, you have made heaven. That's talking about the second heaven. And the heaven of heavens, that's the third heaven. 
where, where God's throne is, with all their host. And uh, it says, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that's in them, and that includes the first heaven, the atmosphere, and you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. That's the angels who live in the highest heaven worship God. Now, the Bible also uses the word firmament in the King James, or it's translated vault in the NIV, but this is the Hebrew word rakia, and it always means something that's been spread out or stretched out. And, and the word expanse would have been a better translation because it contains the idea of expansion, the firmament. And this word is used as an equivalent to heaven in the Bible. Uh, it's used synonymously. For instance, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows forth his handiwork. So you see, uh, the heavens or the firmament's the same thing. But the meaning of firmament is that which has been stretched out. God stretched it out with his hands during at creation. Uh, in Genesis 1.8, God's called the firmament heaven. And in this case, it's talking about the first heaven. Thus, the heavens or firmament is something, by definition, is something that's been stretched out and this, the phrase actually, the firmament of the heavens, is used for the first heaven in Genesis and for the second heaven of outer space. And that confirms that the heavens have been stretched out, you see, to their current position. Genesis 1.1, it says, in the beginning God created uh, the heavens and therefore, by, by definition, he stretched out the heavens of outer space. He created the firmament of the heavens, or he created the heavens as a firmament, as something that has been stretched out or expanded. And so by plain statements of the Bible, the meaning of rakia, uh, you know, the, the word for space, the Bible here has made an amazing claim. It says when God created the stellar heavens, he stretched them out. This predicts we should be able to observe a universal expansion of space itself. See, the Bible says the heavens are not solid metal dome, but they are, however, something that is real. Space is something that's real. It's like an invisible, flexible fabric, like a garment that can be moved, stretched, bent, and wear out. That's exactly what the scriptures say, and that's what modern science has found. Isaiah says, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Psalm 102, of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you'll endure. Yes, they'll all grow old like a garment, like a cloak you will change them, and they'll be changed, but you, Lord, are the same, and your years have no end. So the Bible describes space as something real, like fabric that can be stretched out, distorted, a three-dimensional surface on which objects can move, and that's what the conclusion that modern science has come to about the nature of space. And science has recently confirmed this assertion that space itself is expanding. And this could only be known by revelation at the time the Bible was written. Even Einstein thought the space was static, and he adjusted his equations accordingly to get a static universe that seemed to agree with common sense, because naked eye, looking at the stars, they seem to be standing still and they stay the same over the years. But observations of redshifts of stars and galaxies have made it clear that the universe is expanding. In 1923, the astronomer Hubble, Edwin Hubble, he used a more powerful telescope than ever before, proved that there are galaxies beyond our own Milky Way galaxy. That wasn't known until this point. They thought these nebulae were within the galaxy. But he's shown that these were galaxies in their own right, and suddenly the universe got a lot bigger. 
And Hubble's law came in 1929 by measuring these red shifts. The f he found that the faster, uh, the further away a star is from us, the faster it's moving away from us. Because uh, the, the light's been shifted to the end of the spectrum. And he was able to verify that the universe was expanding according to Hubble's law, which states that the velocity of separation is proportional to the distance away. So in other words, the further away a star is, the faster it seems to be moving away from us. The points are lying, you see, on fairly well on a straight line, showing the velocity is proportional to the distance. And this is expect exactly what we would expect if space itself was expanding. You know, we, if there, it's like a balloon, really, that um, if you blow up the balloon, the, the dots on the balloon are fixed, but yet they're moving with the space. And so the universe, things are moving through space, but space itself is expanding like the surface of that balloon. So it's not that things are just moving further apart, but they are on space, and that space is expanding. And that's what the, what the Bible claimed all the time. The expansion of the universe is another indication the that the universe had a beginning. Because as we go back in time, if we wind the clock back, the universe gets smaller and smaller until it's, well, if it kept going, it would be just a point, a point singularity. And this is what's led to the Big Bang Theory, that the universe is expanding from initial singularity. And the Big Bang Theory predicted a cosmic black body microwave background radiation coming to us from all directions as a result of that initial expansion of the universe. So when this was discovered at three degrees above absolute zero in 1964, the Big Bang won its battle over its main competitor, the steady state theory, and it became the accepted theory. The good thing about the Big Bang is that it confirms the universe had a beginning, which implies it was created. See, theistic evolutionists and those who believe the gap theory, there is, there's a big gap between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, they don't have a problem with the Big Bang. But young Earth creationists have a problem with it because it requires billions of years. But the Big Bang, you see, which is an explosion followed by an expansion, is only one possible deduction from this expanding universe. It's not the only one. God also could have initially made the universe a finite size and then rapidly expanded it. And that seems to be what the scripture indicates when it says it, he stretched out heaven like a curtain. That the, the heavens were initially in a small, dense, finite form before the stretching began, uh, rather than it being stretched out from a singularity. And this stretching is what the Bible said actually happened. Isaiah 42 says, Thus says the Lord God, who created the heavens and then stretched them out. I am the Lord, who makes all things and who stretches out the heavens all alone. I have made the earth and created man on it, and I, my hand, stretched out the heavens. So notice, at the time of creation, he created and then he stretched. So this stretching is part of the work of creation. doesn't say he started from a singularity and stretched it out from that. He says he created it and then he stretched it. And this would have involved a massive input of energy resulting in the creation of stars and galaxies. And uh, this would have been result, this would, this stretching would also have resulted in the observed background radiation, as John Hartnett tells in his book, Starlight, Time and the New Physics. So this, this would also explain the background radiation. You don't have to have a Big Bang. So in conclusion, 
Modern astronomy and cosmology has confirmed the Bible's claims that first, the size of the universe is beyond man's ability to measure, the number of stars is beyond a man's ability to measure, yet each star is unique, the universe had a beginning, and the universe started with a rapid expansion whereby the fabric of space itself was stretched. Again and again we see that the Word of God was ahead of its time, it's scientifically accurate, and made predictions that have been verified, surprising predictions that have been verified by modern science.